strap on the boots and scrape up the knuckles. Oh, what a hit! He got jacked. This is the Big Red Ring. Presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Murray's going to score. Touchdown. Slammed to the ground by Buda Baker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. <laughs> the Rage is brought to you by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Are you Santan Ford? State Farm. Talk to an agent today at 800 State Farm. And by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Rising, vision blurring, rage taking over. Here's Paul Calvisi. Get the popcorn ready. It's gonna be a show. And Ron Wolfley. It doesn't get any better than that. Unleash the fury. The T in T minus stands for two. Two weeks and counting from tonight. Exactly. The Arizona Cardinals will be on the clock. Looking for a game breaker, a playmaker, a difference maker. Will it be in the form of a receiver, an edge rusher, maybe a corner, an O lineman, a D lineman, even a running back, according to one recent mock draft? Will the Arizona Cardinals trade up? Might they trade down? The good news is, Ron Wolfie, if you've been scoring at home for the last couple of months, there's a mock draft that will match whatever direction. <laughs> or narrative you want to see develop if you uh, can think of it it is out there in a form of a mock draft somewhere yeah you know what Paulie, i love that i'm glad you brought that up right there because of the efficacy and the accuracy of a mock draft of course we all know (laughs) oh i mean if you get seriously paul if you get five if you get five in the first round right you are really good (laughs) in terms of being a great mocker um so why don't we do four rounds? Or even better, why don't we do the whole draft? That's great. I'm sure it's fun, but for me, it's an exercise in futility. Yeah, we saw a seven round this week. We saw four round mocks with trades. I mean, you know, you see it. Trades. In fact, I said it on the podcast, Ron Wolfley, and I'll say it again on the Big Red Rage, uh, brought to you by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford. And by the way, speaking of the draft, Drew Grigson is our guest tonight, putting the big in the Big Red Sweet. Rage with those guns are you kidding me director of player Paul, personnel are they still 20 inches that's what i want to do does he have the you 20 know, inch cannons i i was i was harassing you uh earlier this week telling you that i was winning the offseason until i saw drew grixon and uh <laughs> his offseason regimen yeah i'm definitely paulie pencil neck during paulie, that interview you know what's incredible about that paulie his tricep is bigger than your head that, <laughs> right. that is what is so amazing so anyway, like I said on the podcast, um, this year for Lent, I gave up chocolate chip cookies and scones. Next year for Lent, I'm giving up mock drafts. Okay, so there's the latest on that. We do have news of the week. We do have news of the day. In fact, you want to start with a receiver or you want to start with a quarterback? How would we start with a quarterback? And then we'll move on from there, as I'm sure you saw some of the uh, headlines earlier today. In fact, a lot of what was reported today was reported by Albert Breer of Sports Illustrated last month that Kyler Murray and Team Kyler wants a new deal. Yeah. They want it before the draft. And, you know, they, they view that as a deadline for a new contract. Now, whether he is expected to play unless he gets a new deal, that's a question out there. And then, of course, uh, you know, that Team Kyler and the agent Eric Burkhart pulled the opening proposal off the table. So we'll see if there's a deal done by the draft, and then we'll see exactly what may or may not develop after that. Yeah, Paulie, um, you know, it's interesting you bring that up because here it is, April 14th. Is it not the 14th, Polly? It is. It is. Um, how, 
how many days before the draft? The actual. Well, I started NFL. the show by saying two weeks exactly. Oh, Wolf, okay, for listening. All right, yep. you get where I'm getting. That is a pressure point. There's no doubt about that. Speaking of pressure points, I just get this feeling that maybe Kyler Murray's agent may have picked up the phone and just called Tom Palacero and say, hey, you know what? Honestly, right now, if you want me to leak you inside information on this, this is pure speculation on my part, Polly. I have no idea, but it, it, it seems like it's the same story, just freshened a little bit, if you know what I mean. Yeah, just a different insider. He just he makes the rounds yes. uh, based on every couple weeks or, or you know once a month at the very least. So, okay, there you go. And you know what? Look, there are now eight quarterbacks making $40 million or more in average annual value. Yeah. And, and we've seen the recent signings, you know, Aaron Rodgers and Deshaun Watson and Matthew Stafford and now Derek Carr. So, okay, they're going to see what they can get in the marketplace. We get it. A.J. Green is back in the fold for Kyla Murray. What do you make of that? And, and specifically, we'll get into the football and the X's and O's and the Cardinals offense a little later. Wolf, what do you think that means for the Cardinals draft? Does it make a sort of yeah. impact? Does it make a difference that they have A.J. Green, an ex-receiver on the outside back? I honestly, Paulie, I don't think so. I don't think that is a – listen, do you love to have A.J. Green? Do you love to have A.J. Green and the veteran that he is and all of that experience just in case maybe you don't actually have Rondell Moore improving, just in case maybe you do draft somebody high in the first round, maybe even the second round at 55, you know, and suddenly they're, they're a little slow <laughs> – in terms of developing, do you want a bit of a safety net at wide receiver? Man, I, I think that is what this signing is all about with A.J. Green, for the most part, Polly. So, you know, I don't think it prohibits the Arizona Cardinals from going forward and drafting the best player available at number 23, whether, whether Polly, that is a wide receiver, whether that's an edge, whether that's a defensive tackle. Man, there's, there's a guy that I absolutely love, Devontae Wyatt, mm. the defensive tackle out of Georgia. The more and more I watch this guy, the more and more I read about this guy, the more and more I like, because you've got two first-round picks inside, playing inside linebacker that are still very, very young. Wouldn't it be great to actually kill keep the butt guts off of that second level, off of Zayvon Collins, off of Isaiah Simmons. Well, the best way to do that is to get a butt in the gap. And Devontae Wyatt would be a butt in the gap. And you know what? We're going to get into him momentarily. But as a setup, Daniel Jeremiah, he was on the Pash Pod, right? Dave Pash reeling in a big, big guest this time of year. And the NFL Network draft expert Daniel Jeremiah on the question, where does he see the Cardinals going with their top pick? Well, I think there's so many different ways you can go and, and where you're picking, you're kind of at the mercy of what, what falls to you because the draft can go in so many different directions. But I still think, you know, firepower on offense. And I think on the defensive side of the ball, you know, just getting younger and, and more dynamic up front. Okay, so there you go. And, and look, mm. I think it's a good sign right now that even the experts, they say, man, the Cardinals could go any number of directions. But to your point, could they go defense for the third straight year, and could they invest a pick in someone that, oh, you know, would be a double ding in terms of Isaiah Simmons and Zayvon Collins and the fact the Arizona Cardinals as a defense gave up 150 or more yards rushing yes. six times last year. They are very inconsistent in terms of rush defense. So, with that in mind, Daniel Jeremiah said this. I look at a guy, just kind of knowing Steve over the years, 
there are certain players you could see kind of tickling his fancy. And for some reason, I think of a guy like Devontae Wyatt, who's just ultra, ultra explosive, a defensive tackle from Georgia. Um, if somehow he were to be in that mix there, I could see that that being somebody he'd really like. And Paulie, I had no, seriously, I had no I idea that he was going to say that. I've been talking about Devontae Wyatt for over a week now. I've been talking about Devontae Wyatt, and I've come around from Jordan Davis. Listen, I love Jordan Davis. Oh, my goodness. Are you <laughs> big man running, Paul? I mean, honestly, 6'6", 341 pounds running a 478. That is unbelievable. But, uh, you know, I the more and more I read and the more and more I look at some of the tape on Devontae Wyatt, man, this is, this is a guy that it's going to be hard taking him off the field. I think Jordan Davis, for the most part, right now, his specialty is he's just so big and so tough. Uh, he's so good against the run. But I think Devontae Wyatt is not only good against the run, he's also good against the pass. And I think anytime you can do that and get a guy that is that interior presence and get him to actually bring a little force inside, now your edge gets a lot better, whomever that may be. And Wolf, two things. You know, everything you said about him is true from what I've read. And then I've also read he has the quickest, most explosive first step of any D lineman in this draft. So, you know, there's more than one way to generate pressure, as, as you've explained yes. more than once. And if you can get some of that interior pressure, I mean, as Kyle Vandenbosch said this week on the Red Sea Report, I mean, quarterbacks absolutely detest the pressure up through the a and b gaps a la aaron donald right so if you can get that sort of guy who's disruptive from the interior d line that would obviously be a huge asset for that cardinals front seven by the way it's the draft weekend country concert presented by seat geek featuring ryan hurd lanco calista clark that is saturday april 30th that is draft weekend on the great lawn at state farm stadium for tickets and info go to sportsmanparkaz.com that's sportsman's park az.com for the draft weekend country concert big red rage continues with drew grigson next where are you guys right now in the draft process have you already stood on the table drew have you stood on the table and had it out have you had those meetings yet the, the shoe prints are on the table wolf they're, they're, <laughs> they're there yeah you're not on the clock until the shoe prints are on the table, right? Until there's tread marks in the war room. That was exactly one year ago today here on the Big Red Rage. And you know what? Uh, are there tread marks on the table this year? I honestly don't know because there's one place I cannot go at Cardinals headquarters, and that is the war room. And that is why we bring the war room to us every year about this time. That's right. It is time for Drew Grigson and his return here on the Big Red Rage, the director of player personnel. And Drew, you don't look too sleep deprived. So uh, going good, going well so far. Excellent so far, <laughs> absolutely. Good. And you're winning the off season. You know, as Wolf said, you know, boom, you're you're staying in the weight room. You got the workout clause in your uh, in your contract, so things are going well. Early morning, wake up, get the <laughs> get it in, and then get to work. Good. That's All how right. we do it. All right, let's get to it then. Uh, let's talk about this draft. As always, there's an insatiable appetite about the draft. Fans love to talk yeah. about it. What stands out to you about the 2022 draft? Are there particular areas this year that you think it'll be known for in years to come? 
Well, it's, it, every year it changes, obviously, in terms of depth of position. And uh, this year it's deeper at certain spots than it was last year. It's a little deeper, too, um, just in terms of overall players because of uh, the guys that came back from the COVID year. So, you know, last year the top players, they're going to come out regardless. Um, but a lot of those guys that would have been maybe late-round picks, free agents, they stayed in and they worked themselves up a handful of rounds. Uh, they worked themselves in from undrafted free agency into the sixth and seventh round. So I think you're going to see more, uh, you know, p- players that, that ended up coming back. There's going to be a little bit more depth, I think, especially late and definitely in free agency. You know, we've heard Daniel Jeremiah say repeatedly, and most recently on the Pash Pod, mm-hmm. that there are 20 pass rushers in this draft. Mm-hmm. Now, that, that would be unheard of, wouldn't it be, that, that it would be that deep in edge rushers? It's. It, it, 20 might be a little strong, uh, yeah. but, but there is, you know, actually, I saw that same thing, and I went up and I looked at our board, and I one, two, three, four, and I just, <laughs> let's see if he's right. Um, it, it, it is strong. It is good there. Yeah. Um, and there's uh, there, there's plenty of, of diverse body types and skill sets in the group, from length to, you know, guys with power, uh, guys with a ton of production, guys with average production, but have the traits. So it is an interesting group, no doubt. So the board is up. Board is up. The the horizontal board is up. So yeah. uh, we had all those discussions. Um, so it, it is it is set. Um, and then we'll sit and uh, do the one twenty next week. It's going to be over three days. Used to be we we used to jam it in one day, and then we said that's just too much. We we you know it, it, it I think it's too much for one day to to have that kind of information spread over to two days. And then we said, let's let's like make sure we feel good about it and get it. Let's use the time that we have here. We have all month pretty much, and let's use it over three. So we spread it out over three days now. Because a lot of those names encapsulate three years of work per player in a lot of cases, right? No question, absolutely. You know, there's there's a lot of guys that that you know with the COVID year, maybe guys were injured. Um, I mean, they should be doctors by now. With uh, there's there's guys that are, that have been seven years, and, right. and you know they have a lot of experience, and uh, and which again that helps us uh, for the most part especially if they're coming in and we expect them to you know maybe play a little bit earlier you know now the guys that are developmental that are seven years in you have to look sit back and say well if if they're this at this point and it's seven years in how much better can they get a little bit more risk there but um you know the extra year is is like i said no question going to help some of those guys later Drew Grigson, Director of Player Personnel, our guest on the Big Red Rage. Uh, did you get back to normalcy in terms of uh, gathering info this year? I know a year ago at this time, a lot of it was mainly Zoom, correct? 100% Zoom, yeah. nothing. There was there was nothing we can do. At least last year we got back to pro days, but even pro days were strange because they only let so many people in from your organization. So numbers at pro days were low, and this year it, it felt like old times. I mean, we had you know as many people as we needed at the pro days. We were allowed to make school visits again, you know, sit in the rooms with coaches and with the, the league on the trainers so all that information we were, we were able to get that information now last year last couple it was it was tough but we we have a great staff we have a staff that's incredibly dialed in we have great relationships across the country uh, and we needed those relationships to help us make the right decisions on the players that we took last year this year it's again with it being more open we were able to have 30 visits again which we haven't done in you know we, we haven't done uh, we had one 30 visit uh, the year that COVID hit and that was it and he was out and we didn't that was the last 30 visit we we had wow. in wow. 2020 and uh, just the ability for us to bring these guys back in the building uh, get to know them shake their hand take them out to dinner um, get, and just get a feel of do we want this guy in our building do I want to hand this guy off to Vance Joseph do I feel comfortable with that and then have Vance sit down with them and eat dinner with them and then Cliff and and uh, just be able to sit there on draft day and say yes this is the guy because that's why you're doing all that homework right you're trying to ascertain well, you can see the player on mm-hmm. film you're trying to ascertain what sort of person 
he is yeah. that you're investing in, correct? Absolutely. It's a long study. And, you know, like you said, sometimes three years. And you're looking at the tape. You're looking at the personality. You're looking at the ability to learn. Does the guy love the game? Does he what, – what are, what are his work habits like? What is his worth like? All that stuff. Every player is going to have some risk, no matter what. And if that risk comes in injuries, again, it, it, again, his ability to, the, or inability to learn, or maybe it's his production. All of them have risk. What you try to do with all this information, get as much as, of it as possible and eliminate as much of the risk as you possibly can. You know, because I, I always tell the guys, it's like shooting craps. There's some bets that are really, really good or, or are more conservative. Some bets are, you know, they're high risk, but they pay off a lot. So what can we do with all the information we have to eliminate as much of the risk as possible before we take that player? Drew Grigson, Director of Player Personnel here on the Big Red Rage. All right, so you look at all these mock drafts. and You do. I don't. Yeah, Go ahead. okay. All right. I, 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 at, <laughs> this point, at this point, yeah. and, and you're right, mm-hmm. I do. Yeah. And, and we like to have fun with it. But right. there is one thing I'm trying to glean from these, and it's the mm-hmm. following. And tell me if there's any, any merit to this. Sure. How many quarterbacks are going before the Cardinals pick at number 23? I hope eight. Uh, let, let, let's hope 22. <laughs> exactly. That's, because to me, that QB question yeah. is a big question mm-hmm. as it pertains to the Cardinals at 23 because yeah. it dictates how many position players will be pushed down, Absolutely. right? Absolutely, yes. So what's your gut feel? Do you have one? I, I have a gut feel. My gut feel is that there that there's going to be a few taken before a pick because of the supply and demand, because of the need, because if you don't have one, you don't have anything. And uh, regardless of how strong the class is, they're, they're going to go. <laughs> you know that. So is it as strong of, of a class as I've seen in the past? No, it's not. Um, but that doesn't mean that, you know, that there aren't going to be guys that are going to uh, come in, get drafted, be given the keys to the organization and given their shot. Yeah. You know, so I've seen some reputable guys say mm-hmm. zero. I've seen mm-hmm. some say five quarterbacks mm-hmm. before the Cardinals. So, yeah. you know, to me, that's going to be a big determining factor as to who's on the board. Yep. And as for number 23 itself. What's your confidence level? There's going to be an elite talent available by the time the Cardinals pick. It's a good spot to pick, and I'll tell you why. Because it's almost like I always talk about the second round. Because when all of the sexy picks go, when all the height, weight, speed, and all the flash goes, and all the risky guys go, sometimes there's just that guy that's sitting there that is just a good football player that loves the game. Maybe his arms are a little short. Maybe he didn't run as fast, but he's got 10 sacks and 20 tackle for loss. And uh, he, and, and again, loves the game. And he's just a good football And you're getting a good starter that's going to play for you is going to get a second contract. So there's, I, I think where we're picking is actually a little less risk because all that stuff starts to sort itself out. You know, all again, all the combine guys, all the guys you have questions about, and then you're just sitting there and you just go, boom, that's the guy right there. And again, that's what the 120 conversation is all about. And a lot of those mock drafts have either receiver or edge rusher, most typically associated with the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. Speaking of receiver, as a director of player personnel, give us a word on A.J. Green mm-hmm. back on board with the one-year deal. I think the way that we've put the, the team back together, I, I like. We have an 11-win team, and we keep re-signing the guys that helped us get 11 wins and the guys that are part of the culture that helped change the culture from when we were a three-win team and had the first pick in the draft and keep those guys around. You know, I'm, I, A.J.'s been around the block. He is a consummate pro. Uh, he's a position of need, you know, especially being an outside guy, being an ex a guy that we wanted to bring back because of that, and, and he knows what we're all about. He knows what it's like working with Sean Jefferson now. So uh, excited to have him back, um, and again, uh, a great pro, um, and we know exactly what we're getting with AJ. So as general manager, Steve Kime has never drafted a receiver in round one. Is that by design? Has that been just because of the board? Is there any reason that pattern may or may not continue this year? I think it's just it's the, the way that it falls. 
And again, you know our philosophy, and we're going to stick to our philosophy, and that is take the best player available regardless of, of what the position is. So um, we're going to let it fall. We're going to pluck the players off the 120 as they're drafted around the league, and then when that player is left, we're going to take him. If it's a receiver, it's a receiver. If it's a lineman, it's a lineman. We're going to take what's best that makes us a better team to help us go from 11 wins in the first round of the playoffs deeper into the playoffs to a Super Bowl to a win. There are two receivers that have been associated with the Cardinals quite a bit. Jamison Williams out of Alabama, mm-hmm. but because of the torn ACL, they have him falling perhaps mm-hmm. to the Cardinals. And then Traylon Burks out of Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Can you give us a quick thumbnail on both guys as you see them? Both talented. I can't. I don't want to speak too much on, on individual guys, but uh, both talented, both worthy of the, of the 23rd pick. Um, be happy to have either of them. How do you assess whether it's a Jamison Williams or John Mechie, uh, David Ajabo of Michigan, in terms of those injuries mm-hmm. and the fact they may not be ready at the start of 2022, how does that impact maybe the decision making? It does. It, you have to, you know, when when was the injury? Uh, when is he going to be ready? Is there any type of degeneration that's going to hurt his ability to, to sign him to a second contract? So you have to factor all that stuff. And we'll we'll meet with the doctors um, and kind of go over the, that that information. But I mean, we, we drafted O'Brien Schofield in the fourth round, if you remember a handful yeah. of years ago. Um, and that was that was a guy who probably would have been a second round pick. Um, but again, th- there was risk involved in that player. He was devalued because of the injury we take him in the fourth round he's ended up being a productive cardinal um it's the same thing at in the first round that you have to deal with again with with a jabo uh, who's obviously a talented first round type player um but he, again he's probably going to lose a little steam because when's he going to be ready when is that achilles going to going to heal how many starts are you going to get out of him you know um I, you know, i've been talking about uh, in that in regards to that like a guy like landon dickerson last year who went um in the second round to philadelphia had a late season uh, ACL at Alabama, they ended up getting 14 starts out of the out of the kid. So yeah. again, you, if you could sit there and say, "Well, what are we going to get out of him? We get this many starts, then you know maybe you feel better about the pick." But uh, that's good. Again, that's going to be up to what what the doctors tell us uh, on guys like that. Former first round pick who's now an Arizona Cardinal, Jeff Gladney. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell us about him and and why why he signed on the line that is dotted with the Cardinals and what you like about him. Well, I, the the fact that it, it's to me it's a freebie. We we got an, an extra first round pick, you know, basically in free agency. Incredibly quick footed, uh, highly instinctive player. Uh, it's a reason again he went in the first round, and we're getting a you know a, a starter in our building with. And, and we didn't, you know, waste any draft capital, right. basically. So um, he, he helps us out immediately. Excited to have him, and he's going to help big time again. Us taking that next step. We know the value that you guys place in linemen, offensive line. I think mm-hmm. four of the five starters are going to be in the final year of their deal or yep. in a one-year deal, and then defensive line with the loss of Jordan Phillips and Corey Peters, mm-hmm. etc. So Daniel Jeremiah on the Pash Pod said, and I quote, that defensive lineman Devonte Wyatt feels like a Steve Kime pick. <laughs> That's what he said. Just in general, though, how about that defensive tackle position, and what do you think about it in this year's draft? Strong. Strong, interesting. Again, I mean, you talk about him or his uh, or his teammate um, Jordan Davis, who you know ran four seven at uh, three hundred forty one pounds. There's, it's a it's a talented group. Um, and again, don't want to speak too much on on individual guys, but um, it's definitely a, a deep class. And also on the offensive line side too. Um, so, but again, I don't know how it's going to fall in the one twenty, and I don't know who's going to what the twenty two picks before us are going to look like. So you know, if a D lineman's there and he's the top guy, that's going to be the guy. If it's a guard. If it's a tackle, I don't know. But uh, like I guess we're going to stick to the philosophy. We're going to stick to taking the best player. Because if you want to keep that offensive line off your two young first-round inside linebackers, mm-hmm. I mean, defensive tackle isn't a bad way to go, right? Absolutely. No doubt. How about when you look at the division? 
to what degree do you assess the NFC West and the strength of your opponents in the division as to what your wants and needs are from year to year? Uh, you, have, you have to consider it, no doubt. And, and you know, if you're playing uh, athletic tight ends or if you're trying to contain Russell Wilson, um, you know, that's something that always has to factor in. But again, I, I don't think you need to press or drive up a player because of that need. Again, because then I think you pass on, you know, possibly a better player. I don't, you know, but it's something that no doubt factors. So we had Rashad Johnson on last week, mm-hmm. former Cardinal safety, as absolutely. you know, member of the Bama broadcast crew. I was and in he, the draft when we took him, absolutely. And he told a couple of stories. And look, his backstory is a big reason you took him as one of the only two-time team captains for Nick Saban in program history, a former walk-on in yep. Alabama, right? He had those intangibles, right? 100%. He talked about Jamison Williams. Not only is he an elite speed guy and a great receiver, but he was a gunner, mm-hmm. right, and special yep. teams, and he's tough. He got kicked out of a game for getting too physical and too intense. Mm-hmm. And then we mentioned Traylon Burks. So when he tells this story, Burks does, all right? This is according to Trey Wingo, that, uh, that he goes out hunting wild boar with with a knife and his dogs. And <laughs> right. quote, some people probably consider me crazy, but that's just how I am. Right. <laughs> how big a plus is that in the war room when a guy sort of has that sort of mentality? Well, I think with Sean Jefferson here is that that makes him like, it, like him even more. <laughs> right. uh, so, but, you know, absolutely. I mean, you just think about that mentality. He's, he, he, you know, that's, that's, a, that, that's a guy that, uh, that can get down and dirty. He's a dog. Um, you know, he's not afraid to work. He's not afraid to get a little grimy. Uh, you know, that's, uh, you, you know what you're going to get from that kid. Yeah. You know, just just with that mentality. And, and as we wrap it up with Drew Grigson here, uh, what's left on the free agent market? Do you still expect action from the Cardinals? Absolutely. It's, yeah. it's not over. I mean, if you think about where we when we signed James Conner last year, it was a month in the free agency. We ended up getting a pro border with 18 touchdowns that we just signed to a new three year deal. So, um, you know, the door is never closed. We're going to keep looking at those names that are out there. We're going to keep working the phones and talking to agents and keep trying to put the best 90 on the you know, on the field before training camp. So we're scanning it every day and we're working the phones every day. And Steve is working it every day. So we're going to keep churning those names until we have the best roster possible before training camp so how spirited has it been drew i mean if we had those hard knocks cameras behind Mm -hmm. those doors in the war room how energetic i'm using a euphemism right now has it been behind there very this year very energetic and you know i kind of start the the meeting by saying guys listen we want it to be energetic we don't want group think we want differences opinion and with that difference of opinion comes passion and the guys are paid to be passionate about i don't want you to just read the news i want you to finish talking about the player and i want to know if you love him do you want him to be a cardinal so uh it got spirited it gets spirited but we do it with respect you know and that's the most important thing at the end of the day you may love a player i may not like the player but we're just going to try to get him right for the cardinals because at the end of the day we're trying to draft that player to make us better get to win a championship that's what we're all trying to do we're all trying to get better we're all trying to win so um we we have respect amongst each other uh we have spirited conversation and we all have our own opinions and that's what makes this thing great that's how you get a Buda baker in round two right 100 right jalen thompson right in round five of the supplemental marco wilson in round four it's having those conversations and it's it's talking it out and, and and um, you know, gathering all that information that we've spent years getting and putting it to work for us. True. Thank you. Thank you. All right. There all right, you guys. go. Drew Grigson, Director of Player Personnel on the Big Red Rage. We continue right after this. Let's start that off as Bruce Arians. That's what I'm talking about. Dead Murray and shotgun snapped to Kyler at a tiny little short set. See how I did that? Short set a little bit. Now throwing deep far side and it's pulled in at the five-yard line. Right. Hold <laughs> on. I got to grab myself a crown royal here. Have a little sippy-dippy. <laughs> little sippy-dippy. Daddy. Right. oopsie doo dipperoo. Finish the call as Jack Nicholson. A.J. Green just too strong. Too big. 
too athletic. <laughs> Do Tracy Morgan. Oh, what a great read by Kyler Murray to throw the ball. Say it as Morgan Freeman. What a great read by Kyler Murray to throw the ball. You've got a scarecrow on a stick. <laughs> Put it out there. Let him go get it. That's exactly what A.J. Green did. Can you do it as Liam Neeson? What a great read by Kyler Murray to throw the ball. You've got a scarecrow on a stick. (laughs) Put it out there. Let him go get it. That's exactly what A.J. Green did. Oh, man. Oh, man. And that is just so legendary. That episode of the Pash Pod with Frank Caliendo. The master of all voices. The Tracy Morgan, by the way, is still underrated, in my opinion. And, and, and that was based on your call, a 41-yard A.J. Green touchdown catch and run against the Rams, right? And the scarecrow on a stick, right? That, that's, that's, what he was, that's what he was using as a muse right there, wasn't it? Yes, Paul. It, okay. it was, okay. but okay. honestly, every one of those absolutely nails from Frankie. <laughs> Just entertaining stuff and uh, Dave Pash podcast. In fact, we're going to get to some of that, the most recent edition here momentarily. But what did you make of Drew Grigson and his comments on A.J. Green in the news today that he re-signed another one-year deal for the Arizona Cardinals 2022? Yeah, no. First of all, let me just say, Paul, I thought you did an awesome job with Drew. And I'm not just saying that because you're my friend. But Well, we missed you. We missed you. But, you know, the footprints are on the table again, like he said. So that's good. That was just fantastic right there. And I thought Drew, of course, he is demonstrating why at some point in time he will be considered as a general manager down the road, of course. I think that definitely is on the horizon for Drew. Um, You know, a couple of observations in terms of what he said. Yeah, the A.J. Green thing was right on, spot on. But for the most part, I thought it was interesting. He was talking about this draft and how much deeper this draft is because of the guys coming back from COVID. That is something I didn't think of, Paulie. And yet at the same time, it really makes an awful lot of sense. One of the reasons why you might have 20. Now, he said 20 edge rushers. That might be a little strong right there from Daniel Jeremiah. But still, it might be one of the reasons why you do have more depth at some of these positions. Yes, and, and even if you don't have 20 blue chippers at edge, for example, you do have more depth late in the draft, as right. he said. And so when the Cardinals have two picks in the sixth round and three in the seventh, those might be more valuable than ever, right? right? And then and then free agents, guys who don't sign, there's going to be a big fury to go ahead and, uh, and a frenzy to, to get those guys, you know? So now, as for last year and Rondell Moore, Let's go back to what Sean Jefferson told us on a recent edition, off-season edition here of the Big Red Rage, because last year's round two pick might just be receiver two this year. Here's Sean Jefferson. The next step for him is uh, targeting more downfield, adding to his route tree. You know, it's coming in as a rookie. You know, you got D-Hob, you got Christian Kirk, you got A.J. Green. So he's kind of lost in that, you know what I'm saying, by being a rookie and everything like that. But um, that's one of the things that me and Rondell have discussed about growing his routes. We've been able to put him outside a little bit more where he can run some of those routes on the outside. So his, his, his route tree will grow leaps and bounds. 
And we bring that up just to get us to receiver in this draft because, Rolf, I mean, the last few years, I and, and look, I own it. I would cite the hit rate on first-round receivers, yeah. and I would scream no, no, and more no. But I look at some of the guys this year. For example, a realistic possibility, according to most of the mock drafts, Arkansas receiver Traylon Burks, 6'2", yeah. 225. He benches 380. He squats 500. And just the way the Cardinals may or may not be going in terms of their physicality, he just seems to fit their identity and if you're feeding it to James Conner then all of a sudden you're giving a quick bubble screen or maybe a quick slant to a Traylon Burks and you're just hammering defenses I could see him being the guy at 23. Yeah Polly uh, you know once again too I will also say that Traylon Burks a guy that I think is really good at getting off the press. He's got great size as you've already mentioned 6'2 225 pounds um, this is a guy that ran like a four five five poly. That is yep. his his time for the forty. But most people think that he's faster. He's got game speed. In other words, he mm. runs as fast as he. Very similar to Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice was that way coming out of college. Jerry ran a four six five on a on a clock. Yet you threw that ball into the air. Isn't that right, Joe Montana? And Jerry Rice was going to run as fast as he needed to to get underneath it. Traylon Burks reminds me an awful lot like that. But also, too, Paulie, I, I, this is me. I continue to say this, and I continue to believe the Arizona Cardinals, they're going to go with a lot more 12 personnel, two tight end sets, and with a guy like DeAndre Hopkins on one side, and then maybe a Traylon Burks or even Rondell Moore, of course, on the other side, or now A.J. Green. Um, they're going to attack the line of scrimmage and take some shots down the field. The bash and bomb perspective of Bruce Arians. It's not going to be the bash and bomb offense of Bruce Arians, Paulie. That's never going to be the case here. Yet, having said that, it's still going to be that type of impact, I think, on this offense. And that means you're going to take some shots down the field. You want big physical guys who can get off the press. Daniel Jeremiah on the Pash Pod this week, and he was asked by Dave about Traylon Burks, the SEC first-teamer out of Arkansas. To me, the most intriguing one is Burks because he gives them a 225-pound guy that can do a lot of the stuff that they do, you know, in terms of getting the ball in his hands, let him run after the catch, and it just gives them a little bit of a different look um, than what they've had. You, you know, gosh, you watch Debo, you see him inside the division, the ability to put him in the backfield, do different things, get the ball out of your hand quick and let guys make plays with the football. That's what he does. I mean, Arkansas lined him up everywhere except offensive line, literally. He yeah. was a quarterback. He was in the backfield. He was at tight end. He was at all the receiver spots. They just found a way to get him the ball, not unlike a Debo Samuel. Right. So, you know, it just it's intriguing. And then to have a guy with that sort of physicality, a receiver, and that sort of mentality, he's out there. I mean, you heard Drew Grigson talk about what a plus it is when you hear a guy is out hunting wild boar with a knife and his dogs. <laughs> you know who I think of? Is Anquan Bolden? That's yes, who I think of, and Anquan Bolden, and and it just you're you're trying to find that sort of guy who gives you that sort of mentality on offense. Yeah, no, you're right about that, Bali, and it's going to be really, really interesting to see because even at 23 right now, I do believe the Arizona Cardinals they they need um, the edge. We know that. They need a wide receiver. They need a corner. They need a defensive tackle, in my opinion. They need an offensive guard as well. But that, again, is number six. So that's well down the the draft board chart of needs. But 
Polly, uh, they they are in a great position to take the best player available, whomever that may be. And I got a good feeling Devontae White could be there at number 23. And I wouldn't be shocked. I would not be shocked. And it's not because Dan- Daniel Jeremiah said it. It's just I would not be shocked to see Steve Kime and the Arizona Cardinals take Devontae White if he's there. Well, quoting Drew Grigson loosely, he likes 23 for the fact that, you know what, you're going to get a football player. You might not get yes. all the hype and all the combine numbers and all the flash and all that. You're, at that point, a lot of those guys are gone. Paulie, you're going to get a baller. Yeah, you know what, Devontae Wyatt is a motorhead, Paul. He's a motorhead. I, this is a guy, it's not the motorhead, the greaser, Paul. Don't think about that. And some guy that's smoking cigarettes, Paul, and has greased back hair, and he's working on cars, Paul. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about just a motorhead. This is a guy that just has got a motor, and is just going to He's going to turn that thing on, Paul, and he's 303 pounds. And, oh, by the way, he ran a 477 at 303 pounds. Okay, this guy is uh – I, okay, I'm, I'm kind of in uh, love with this guy right now. I, I think a Devontae motorhead. Devontae Wyatt, I admit it. I think a motorhead. I think of the band. I think of the late great Lemmy, the uh, the lead singer. But what about what about what about? Paul, the, that would be his nickname. Yeah, that's beautiful, Lemmy. That's good. Uh, by the way, Jeff Gladney. How, how about his comments on Gladney? Drew Grigson, director of player personnel, because we haven't heard a lot from the decision makers on Gladney. He called him a freebie, an extra first round pick. Uh, you know that you didn't have to expend yeah. any draft capital. He's got the quick feet. He's instinctive. He's physical. Jeff Gladney, the former first rounder out of TCU, who missed last year, and and and, and you're talking. He called him a starter. As well. Yeah, he did, Paulie. That's that's what I wrote down in my notes right here. Okay, he said same thing, first round pick, but he said starter. He's mm. a starter, and uh, okay, um, I don't want to get too excited about that, Paulie, because honestly, once again, um, you'd be talking about a guy that is going to play his second year in the league. Um, prove it. You know what I mean, young guy? That's what it's all about. It's all about proving it. You know, I don't get too excited about draft picks coming in and making a huge difference unless his name is Devontae Wyatt. Then all of a sudden, I get a little jacked up on that, Polly. But at the same time, I listen, Rook, prove it. You know, so I, I want to see... I want to see veterans. I want to see veterans, and I want to see veterans actually make the difference for the Arizona Cardinals offensively and defensively by going out and playing up to their ability and doing it in a more physical way. He called the edge rusher group, by the way, deep and diverse. You get guys who are long. You get guys, speed guys. You know, you have some power guys. You have some edge rushers who put up a lot of production. Other guys who didn't have the production, but they have the traits. So, but see, I, I, I hear Jeff Gladney starter. I think if they're going corner, it's round three or beyond. I, I think automatically it's yeah. D line, it's receiver. Or it's O-line oh. in those first two rounds. That's just me. That's, that, just, that's no. just my reaction. And you know what? I think O-line, we're not talking enough about. I think that's mm. probably more of an underrated area. If there is like that guard out of Texas A&M, and I always Yo. forget his name, if he's sitting there at number 23, I would not be Kenyon Green. I would not be surprised at all if he's an Arizona Cardinal. Exactly right. Not only that too, Polly, but the board is set. Did you hear that? The yes. horizontal. The horizontal yep. board is set. Now – the 120 has got to be set, and they're going to take three days to do that. Oh, baby, that is the best of the best, setting the 120. 
And you know what? You can get ready with episode 28 of the Dave Pash podcast featuring NFL Network draft analyst Daniel Jeremiah, available now wherever you get your podcasts. And to catch up on past episodes, of course, you can just go via Twitter at Pash Pod. So there you go. Look, we're going to come back. We got a special shout out to a very special employee of the Arizona Cardinals over the years. And we'll get more into what Wolf thinks the Cardinals need in this draft next. Now, the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. Season that started out so promising at 7 0, stumbles down the stretch. First of all, I've been around this game my whole life, and you try not to get too high or too low. And, and But, you know, with the disappointing end to the season that we had last year, you know, certainly it, it, uh, it's Stung. We'll be back. Believe that. You know, I thought last year would be our year, but things take time. I truly look forward to coming to work every day. From his Instagram account, this crazy situation with Kyler Murray. I'm an Arizona Cardinal. Firstly, we all stayed in communication. Man, it means everything for them to be able to come out and experience this with me. Appreciate you, my bro. Um, you know, because it's not possible without them. Colts back, Q's coming back, restructure. Sad about losing CK, chasing them, but I'll never be mad about my friends getting paid money and having the opportunities. It just gets you all more excited to see who your new teammates are going to be and how the next year is going to go. It's kind of the NFL life. Here are the voices of Michael Bidwell, Byron Murphy, James Conner. Zach Ertz, Kyla Murray, Max Williams. It is Season 5, Episode 1 of Cardinals Flight Plan premieres Tuesday, April 19th, this coming Tuesday via the Cardinals YouTube channel. That's youtube.com slash Cardinals. Go behind the scenes into the Cardinals offseason, including free agents like we talked about, Jeff Gladney there, some great stuff, James Conner and his family. And just, uh, you know, that's going to debut. We already saw the trailer. You just heard it right there. And so looking forward to all that. And then, of course, they're going to add to this offseason shortly, two weeks and counting, with the 2022 draft. And by the way, Wolf, uh, did you see earlier today the NFL research team crunched the numbers on strength of schedule, the Cardinals' upcoming schedule? Yeah. Number two, in terms (laughs) of strength of schedule, the Rams had the most difficult, the hardest schedule. The Cardinals are second. Cincinnati, the Bengals are third. Tampa is fourth. And then the Niners and KC are fifth. Yeah, I know, Polly. That it's really, really tough when you see that. And I'm not trying to poo-poo anything, but you know, it's a year-to-year proposition. It man. is. It but really is. Yes. There's one reason because you're playing the AFC West, right? Right. Right. It, yeah. right. In fact, you know what? I'll just drop in right now that you can join the Arizona Cardinals season ticket priority list for the 2022 season because opponents at home include not only the NFC West but the Bucks, the Saints, the Chiefs, the Chargers, the Patriots, and the Eagles. A lot of playoff teams. Teams in there and a lot of marquee names azcardinals.com slash priority list for more information so interesting when you look through you know my big fear right now wolf is is i name these other teams and i start thinking okay is someone gonna make a run at all these receivers before the cardinals yeah. pick at number 23 because the e- the eagles are at 18 a lot of mocks have them going receiver the saints at 19 supposedly that's their number one want or need the patriots need receivers at 21 now the packers got sammy watkins today but they easily could still go receiver at 22 no no doubt about that paulie and you know what's so fascinating is jameson williams that is the guy from alabama that is the guy paulie that i wonder about because 
because of his injury, because of the fact that he's probably not going to be back until October, maybe even November. Um, That is a very interesting proposition at wide receiver. Will the New York Jets, stop and think about it right now, the New York Jets, at number four, I could see them take him as high as number four because wow. he has been compared to Tyreek Hill, Paul. Hello. The closest thing to Tyreek Hill. Okay, Jamison Williams, now all of a sudden at number four, okay, he's not going to be back till November. What do the New York Jets care? Because, Paulie, do you think the New York Jets really think they're <laughs> right. in there running for a postseason yeah. position? I doubt it, Paul. No, so not to, in their division. No, no Paulie. And because they need a wide receiver badly as well. I would not be surprised because most people will tell you that Jamison Williams would be the highest wide receiver rated in this draft if it were not for his injury. And I believe that. Yeah, that, that that is a great observation, and that would be a shrewd pick by the Jets. I mean, to do that, top five, no doubt about it. All right, Wolf, we had a retirement. It was official today. I had the honor of attending the lunchtime ceremony that was conducted by Michael Bidwell. It featured a video shout-out from both Joe Buck, yes, the legendary broadcaster, and Larry Fitzgerald, and it was all in honor of Mark Allmeyer, 41 years as the Cardinals equipment guru. And, I mean, think about some uh, of his service and what he did for the Arizona Cardinals. In fact, here's the stat. Over five different decades, Wolf, Mark Allmeyer worked 823 total games and equipped more than 3,600 Cardinals Incredible. players, including yourself. Incredible, Polly. He'll be ever, he'll forever, I should say, be known as Markson. All right. Markson, of course. I mean, that's what I learned his name to be, Markson, when I showed up in 1985, and he was working for Bill Simmons, also known as Skinhead. There he was, and 41 years later, man, congratulations to Markson, the NFL Equipment Manager of the Year in 2008 and 2014. We love you, brother. Yeah, he's the St. Louis guy, came with the Cardinals from St. Louis. They even flew in Emo's Pizza from St. Louis today, (laughs) Wolf. I mean, three words, outstanding. It was great. I mean, people couldn't get enough of the Emo's Pizza. Special thanks, as always, Drew Grigson, the Director of Player Personnel, Jim Omohundro, Lauren Koval, Veron Wolfley on Paul Calvici. This has been the Big Red Rage. Markson! You've been listening to The Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Are you Santan Ford? State Farm. Talk to an agent today at 800-STATE-FARM. And by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals Football Club.